Welcome to the Powered by Age Age Friendly City Zoomcast Reality Style Podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Okay, good morning. It is another wonderful day to be in the Powered by Age podcast. This is a production of sponsored by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Center. We have been having episodes that, of our adventure in shifting from doing creative arts and doing podcasting in a fixed location to having each person share from their home. And so each week, I introduce myself. I'm Charlotte Farrell, the coordinator for the program. And we'll have each person that's on the line um, introduce themselves briefly, and we'll get into what our program's going to be about today. So, Gail, you're at my top left. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Gail Harwood, and I'm a writer, and I have a little tutoring business. And um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, and, and uh, back to, uh, um, doing some farming uh, the way I grew up and uh, teaching my 26-year-old godson how to uh, collect eggs from chickens. Wow. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll look forward to having pictures and to talk about that. <laughs> you bet. Judith? Hi, I'm Judith Rainey, and I'm, I'm just a member of Powered by Age podcast group and 411 Seniors Society. Right. She's one of our wonderful peer leaders. Uh, Leslie? Uh, yes, Leslie Hebert uh, from New Westminster. I'm a member of Century House and I'm also a member of the Royal City Literary Arts Society. I teach ESL online via Skype. I've been doing that since actually before I retired and also working on a travel book. Wow. Um, Adele? Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Adele Arup. I'm a um, model and filmmaker, uh, and I'm helping with helping seniors to um, be more empowered through podcasting. Nice to meet everyone. Okay, and Again. as you can see, she's she's on the move. Okay, so today all of us are sitting, and as you know, if you've had these pains in your rear or pains in your back, that sitting is not the greatest thing for us. So. Uh, by virtue of a video that Judah sent us, we're going to be looking at some exercises that you can do. Seated exercises in relief of our ailing backs and buttocks. <laughs> you okay. want me to speak up? Mm -hmm. oh, oh, no, he's going to. I think Luke's got it. Okay, great. Thanks, Em. He's going to bring it. Thanks, Luke. One sec here. Can you see it? Yes, movement marvels. Okay, here we go. Hmm. You have to enable 
the audio. Hold on here. Oh. No. While he's adjusting the audio, I'll just share with you one of the worst things that happened to me with long periods of sitting is in 2006, I had a pulmonary embolism. I was sitting in my chair in the middle of the night writing and typing and all of a sudden it felt like somebody came up behind my back and slipped a knife into it. Mm. And uh, the muscles, you know, we have veins in our thighs and when those veins are too compressed for too long, uh, a, a clot can form in it. So as I was in the hospital about the fourth day, this hospitalist, who's a person that teaches people about their illness, told me that the danger for that is sitting in the shape of the small letter H for long periods of time. So. I think we're about ready to hear. We have these marvels. Of Hi, Mary Beth here with your weekly movement marvel. This is another lesson that you can do sitting in a chair, whether that you're at your office or at the airport or in a waiting room. You can do it at home. It's best if you have a flat seat chair, but do it anywhere and enjoy your flexible spine. Let's have a look. As you take a moment to be seated in your chair, feel your two buttocks and your sitting bones on the flat seat. Choose one knee and you're gonna just kind of slide that knee forward a little bit and then return it. And notice what happens to the other knee while you do that. Your pelvis turns, your hands can just rest comfortably in your lap in a way that doesn't restrict you. You can experiment with turning your head in the same direction as your pelvis. You can keep your head stationary and turn under it. Or if you're feeling really fancy, you can look the opposite direction from the way your pelvis is turning and your knees are pointing. Best if you sit up from the back of the chair, move slowly, gently, and enjoy some constructive fidgeting. So did you do it? Did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> did you do it, Leslie? How did yeah. that make your spine feel? Well, I'm always pretty aware of my sitting bones anyway, but um, I find, what I find, it's my knees. So if I sit for a long time and then I get up, I find my joints lock. So this actually is a good way to, I think, keep your hips from locking up and your lower back, which is great, actually. I think if you make a note of the website, um, you can find other lessons mm. that might relate to knees and mm. more uh, hip joint exercises and back exercises. This one I could feel on my hips, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I could feel it in that little congested spot where everything feels balled up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could just feel a little bit of air going through. Well, that was just a start. Before we get to the end of this day, we're going to shake it and move it a little bit more because just these hours we spend sitting are not great for our heart rate, not good for the return uh, rate of blood from our feet. Your feet ever go to sleep when you're sitting in one of these meetings? No, no. I actually put my feet up. Yes, that's one of the recommendations is to have a little L. Okay, so we're talking about the mindset for, for health and uh, Adele is going to do a bit of sharing with you because even now she has a reason that she's out walking about. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I haven't concussed now for the last like nine months. And it's been a really difficult healing journey for me. Um, and I've, there's been a lot of like ups and downs. And I've noticed that, you know, um, in, in anybody's journey with dealing with pain, whether it be chronic pain or um, just a pain that just came from an injury, um, it makes a big difference in the way that you're responding to it, right? Because life is all about perspective, you know? Um, so when it comes to mindset and, and pain, it's about, you know, the patience that comes with the day to day. And also being mindful that your body is, you know, dealing with a lot and trying to be patient with that and not letting that overwhelm you or take over your life, you know? I think it's all about optimism and understanding that, every, that life is a journey and each step is just one by one. And that, you know, when it comes to dealing with chronic pain or when it comes to being de de debilitated from an injury, you know, um, it's all about the way that you respond to it. And so from my journey, I've noticed that I have to continue doing the things that make me happy. You know, even though I might not be able to do it at the full capacity, I, was, I used to do that. As long as I'm still active and still trying, you know, it aids a lot in the journey. Um, and also not giving up the things that you enjoy is number one. And so um, during my journey, I continue to teach meditation um, every Wednesday. And at the beginning of this, I couldn't even really open my eyes. Uh, because I had such bad photophobia that I was pretty much allergic to the light and I was going to the emergency room. But even then, I would still go and teach my class. Once a week, I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, go and teach my class, come back home and sleep for the rest of the day. And I just kind of gradually added more to my day um, as the months went on. When I was freshly injured, I was uh, doing film festivals, premieres, and all these things with life sensitivity and I had to wear double glasses in order to make it through. But being optimistic and laughing at myself really helped, you know, um, and creating the concussion into style as well, where I just kind of, kind of um, changed the way that I dressed to help me with my concussion, but I also try to make it stylish. And that made it fun for me. So, I think it's all about just the way that you cope with, you know, your injury or the way that you cope with the things that you're going through, you know, maintaining an optimistic perspective, I think is the most essential. And so when we talk about mindset, we talk about where is your head at? What are you thinking about? How are you feeling? You know, and what is the voice that you're using to speak to yourself in your time of need or in your time of, I call it my despair because it is a really traumatic time to be you know, um, to be injured or not to be able to have your body at full capacity, it's really, really hard, especially if you were once vibrating and vibrant and then now you're starting to willow like a, like a dying flower and you're like, how do I maintain my happiness even though I don't have my full capacity anymore? Um, and it's about patience and understanding that, you know, new normal, <laughs> as we like to call it in COVID-19 days, um, and, and just kind of readjusting that. So I hope that when you think about mindset, you should think about, you know, on your trajectory, where do you stand, you know, and what is the voice in your head telling you, you know, and how do you change that? And how do you, you know, continue to make goals and still strive 
to accomplish the things that you wanted to do, even though you don't have the capacity or your full capacity, you know, and learning about what pacing yourself, taking it easy and also not being guilty for resting, you know. There's a lot of things that come hand in hand. Um, like even right now, I'm going in, I'm doing rehab for my concussion. So four days a week, I'm seeing different um, specialists to help me with navigating this injury. And some days are really, really difficult where I'm so angry and so frustrated, you know, but I have to remember that from the inside, it looks like there's no progress happening. But from another perspective, there's a lot that has, there's a lot of change that has happened in the last nine months that has helped me in my process. So mindset is always changing, you know, and it's something that has to be constantly adjusted and constantly changed to fit your new normal. And as the months and days and weeks go on, your mindset might shift. Um, but it's all about maintaining that and also understanding that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to vocalize when you are like not 100% there and not being ashamed um, of whatever that is debilitating you or keeping you from your maximum, you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of like my take on mindset. It's all about where you decide to, put your, to place yourself um, on your spectrum and how you choose to navigate your day-to-day and also the pace and the patience that you have with, with yourself and, and your understanding of yourself, you know, and also making you a priority um, in your life. And that's what the mindset's all about, you know. I need to be the priority. My healing is the priority. And the rest of the world can wait for me, you know, and not to rush yourself to say that, okay, ready, set, go. I should be done now. I need to be healed, you know. It doesn't work like that. So, so that's my kind of take on mindset, you know. It's just place yourself in a, in a, as a caretaker for, your, for you, you know. Put yourself in the position that, okay, I'm my own nurse. <laughs> what would I say to myself? You know, how would I be there and aid it? And how would I feel loved? And how would I feel like that I'm being patient with myself? You know, and how do I give myself the love that I need? And also, how do I ask others to support me in my time? You know, um, and it can be really hard, especially with like a person like me, when you're a strong-willed individual and you want to do everything for yourself. It can be really hard to, you know, shift that and be okay to let others to allow yourself to receive and allow yourself to be supported by not only your medical team, but also your friends and family, you know, and you, re- and you realize how patient people can really be with you. But if you don't vocalize what you're going through, no one will ever know. And then you silently suffer and you continue, you try to pretend everything's okay when it's not, you know? So I think it's really important to maintain a healthy perspective and when, you know, switch your mindset from, um, Switch your mindset from, you know, lack to abundance and to realize that, you know, time is, is such a concept and that you're not going to heal like the snap of a finger. And some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. But the best of it, the most important thing is to be patient with yourself. But yes, that's my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone have any? I'm mad that you're able to give your spiel while moving along. I know you have a doctor you're going to be seeing in about five minutes. Does anyone have any questions or comments for Adele? Wow, Adele, holy macaroni. (laughs) You just uh, uh, reiterated and and spoke from a younger person's point of view, absolutely what I've been going through since uh, 2017. Um, 
I think some of you know, but uh, I'm a cancer patient and I thought I was done with it, but I ain't done. And uh, so I have uh, daily chats with my little tumor babies and they have a choice. The choice is you behave yourself or you leave. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and again, it's um, being open, yeah. being positive. And, um, uh, you know, understanding, well, I'm very blessed because I have a lot of love coming at me. It, it's really amazing. And I just, it's, and, and the truth is, it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. And, and, and people are going to be there. And uh, that's the faith and trust that you have. And it's happened and it's all good. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about that now. There's all kinds of, again, like you, Adele, dealing with my medical people. And then I am do some alternative stuff. And, and it's a whole healing process. It's very cool. And now you're in the mall. So, uh, yeah, I love, <laughs> hey, colored mask. I, I, I should uh, uh, put some color on my, my mask. She's got her power mask on. She's <laughs> entering where other people are, so she's mask, masks up. <laughs> okay. It's a masquerade. A masquerade. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think well, the other thing you said, Adele, um, about being, you know, gentle with yourself, kind to yourself, forgiving yourself, letting yourself rest when you need to. And I know that's one thing I'm really bad at. I tend to put a lot of expectations on myself. Oh, I can't stop now. I've got to keep going. I'm working to a deadline. So yeah, learning to just let that go is really important, I think. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Like I have a really hard time being patient. Like yesterday I fell asleep at 11 a.m. And I didn't really wake and I was tossing a training, but I didn't really wake up till 9 a.m. this morning. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, a, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize how much rest I needed, you know? And mm. so I realized that some days I need a whole day or two to get to, to just to recuperate after a few days, you know? Um, but it can be really hard to do that, you know, to be like, Oh, I need a whole day off. But it, in reality, you really do. If my body just still is tired and I, I think I still probably need a few, another day to get over my, yeah, my that's exhaustion. all part of the healing, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I fought by itself. That was the hardest thing when I was first injured with my back. I, I, I was used to doing a lot of things in the day and sometimes I would be mad at myself. So it took me longer to heal from that accident than three others that I was in just because of that impatience and feeling like, Oh my God, I slept all day. How could I sleep all day? I don't sleep, but you know, so I think that that mindset of, of honoring what your body needs actually speeds up the healing timetable. Uh, well, Adele, thank you for joining us before your appointment and we will continue to rally with and envision you being back at perfect, perfect health. Thank you guys. It's really nice to talk to you all and I'll see you next week. Alrighty. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, Judith has been sharing information about the 811 Center. A lot of people say 811. They've said 811 to me, and I didn't really get it. So Luke is going to share a screen that tells us about the 811, and then Judith is going to share her personal experience with using it. And there's a little movie down where that TV is. Yes. 
the amazing drawing hand. Technologies changed our lives. Think about how we bank and book holidays. Now, we still rely on professionals, but we're doing more ourselves, using phones, computers, and apps. It's not extra work, it's extra control. We like that. And that's where healthcare is headed. Now, we've always fixed simple health problems ourselves, asking friends and neighbors first. But who hasn't wanted more reassurance? That usually meant a trip to the doctor or hospital. Today, that's changed. We have instant access to incredible health information, however we want it. Not to mention unbelievable tools and services. Just check out HealthLink BC. HealthLink is a 24-7 service that helps patients manage their own health. But what it really does is empower us. Let's start with HealthLink's phone service. When you dial 811, you're connected to a health system navigator who guides you to the expert you need fast. A nurse, a pharmacist, a dietitian. Experts who are trained to deal with problems over the phone and with access to 130 languages, no less. Imagine how useful that would be if it's the middle of the night and your baby is running a fever. Instead of going to emergency, you can get a health professional to walk you through proper treatment right away, right at home. Online at healthlinkbc.ca, there's medically approved information on thousands of health topics, tests, and procedures. You can check symptoms, find local resources, learn how to maintain a healthier lifestyle, even email dietitians for advice. That's exactly what the anxious mother of a child with food allergies did. She went online, got connected with a dietitian, and together they created a meal plan for her child. Now there's a mobile app that has lots of the same information. With its mapping function, you can even locate the hospitals, clinics, and pharmacies closest to you. Of course, there's always the BC Health Guide Handbook. You can find it at your local pharmacy. The handbook walks you through 190 common health concerns. It's super handy. In fact, there are even stories of people from BC using it in the US to avoid going to the hospital because they didn't have insurance. So you see, these are great services. 811 helps about 1,200 people a day across BC. And healthlinkbc.ca gets over 10,000 visits every day. These services take patient empowerment to a new level, supporting the biggest untapped resource in healthcare, us. That's a connection worth thinking about. You're muted, Charlotte. Let's <laughs> try to keep out my background noise. Yes, I'm so happy that Judith shared it with me because a lot of people have said call 811, but I thought it was like a paid service or something where I'd have to wait on the line. So it's great. So Judith is going to share with you a bit of her personal experience from 811. Yes, well, I called 811 on a number of occasions. And um, one of the things I think is necessary to mention is that you have to give your medical services plan number when you phone in and then they connect you to the service that you require. So I've had spoken with the nurses, I've spoken with dietitians, and I've spoken with also um, 
exercise or physical activity specialist. And I was, my most recent call was about physical activity because what with the being isolated and not walking very much and not exercising very much, I've developed quite a punch and I'm really out of shape. So they were very, very helpful. They went through what my, uh, might be contraindications for any particular exercise. So if it would aggravate my um, condition, they wouldn't recommend it. But they worked around my specific personal needs and designed um, a response that is appropriate to, to my own situation. So I followed through on that when I was given a YouTube link uh, for 10-minute exercises for seniors who've been socially isolated or isolated. And I've been doing them for about almost two weeks now, and I feel really good. Uh, it's not, they aren't outrageously taxing, and they're just enough to get my heart rate up. And um, so I found that beneficial. Um, but they, they also have um, access to DVDs, exercises of DVDs, right? mm. DVDs of exercises, I should say. Um, and so um, I've also started walking again, which is very helpful. And uh, noticed that in the meantime, um, because I've developed quite a lot of abdominal fat and it's quite lax, that my lower back goes out quite a bit. Um, so I called just, I think it was yesterday, and they sent me, they emailed me a list of exercises and also they went over how I should take it really easy and do it slow and were very, again, very helpful about what to do to increase gradually and with no pain. Um, so I really appreciated that as well. So I started doing that. And that exercise, I can't remember how much time that takes me to do, but they recommend every three days doing, they're called core exercises. Mm. So, um, and they say to be really cautious about getting up from lying down or sitting, that you have to brace your abdominal core muscles and so you don't injure your back. Mm. So that I found incredibly helpful. And I'm looking forward to more. So I hope you find that helpful. It was very helpful to me because I had no idea. Can you be using more than one service at a time? Like, could you be using the service of a dietitian and the physical therapist at the same time? Well, no, not necessarily in the same call, but you can, you can access a nurse you can access any one of those specialists mm -hmm. at any time. I don't, I don't think it means at the same time on right. the same phone call, but it's definitely available. 
That's great because in some systems, you know, you have to finish with this one, the old gatekeeper system where you had to go to one person, then they would say, well, let me see what the result is from A before you get B. So I really like that idea that you could be, you know, accessing different specialists with the different things that you are healing. Yeah, it's something I've never thought about with health concerns is phoning 811. It just has never occurred to me, actually. Mm. So good to raise awareness of that, Judith. It's, you know, really good. To a lot of people that. haven't been aware of it. And it's mm. really a service that's very, it's, I don't know, I think it's expanded because I, mm. it was no, it wasn't, I don't think it was available 24-7 mm. before. It was only available nine to five Mondays to Fridays, mm. but I think it's been expanded. Yeah, and it's good right now with you know anybody that has concerns going out, going into crowded places, uh, going into a doctor's office. And as she said, for us that have been in the house more and sitting more with a refrigerator full of food, I put on weight too. <laughs> and I think so. My back pain is because it's got to, you know, support this extra weight. So I'm going to really call in yeah. and get help with planning uh, better snacks and diet for myself. Um, they do say that if you want information relating to COVID, that you call. I think it's special number. Mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a different number yeah it's not specific covid information but you know people might feel safer talking to a provider remotely rather than actually going out to see them right yeah, like symptoms as they mentioned in the middle of the night if yeah. you had a sore throat you could talk with someone and it doesn't mm -hmm. mean you rush to the hospital because you've yeah. had sore throat is a symptom of right COVID, but... i need to clarify and i'm not i'm not clear myself about this whether a live person is available 24 7 or whether you have to look up the information on their website mm. that's available 24 7 so that i could clarify or would need clarification mm. yeah oh, but you talk to live people been... right yeah Judith, Sorry? you talk Sorry? to live people but i called between nine and five yeah 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 i'd like to share with you uh a situation i had um and it was about three, oh, uh, 2018, early 2018. Um, I was having a fever. I just had my chemo and, you know, um, and I had this terrible fever. And so I was able to call 811, and this is 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. Oh, really? This is uh, three, uh, almost uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, so we went, I, I tracked my uh, fever and the um, nurse on the line said, okay, now you get yourself to emergency. So I did. And, right. Uh, oh, that's I, great. Number mm -hmm. one. Number two, um, I've had amazing services on 811 and that you can make an appointment with, uh, now I never heard of this before, but uh, believe it or not, oncological dietitian. Fabulous stuff. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just, great. Just an amazing service. And one thing that I know, and I've, I've called the nurses line for years, and they have very practical, good old-fashioned home remedies. Oh, okay. Instead of going to emergency, there's a lot of good home remedies that they suggest, and they know what they're talking about. And it's the kind of Hello. stuff my mother, grandmother taught me. So, yeah. Well, that's really great. It's really good to know. Thanks, Gail, because 
the I first heard about 811 back in I think it was 2015 or 2016 so there have been changes made that are advancements that's good thank you I'm going to do is I'm going to check right now on my cell phone um, whether 811 is a 24-hour service okay I'm going to do yeah that, that would be good chit-chatting okay a thing I like that's different from some of the commercials, I, I literally thought I had to get the directory and look up someone. And so I'm new to BC. I used the Ontario system before. And when I was going to school in the States, I used the American system. And so I really thought you had to get this big directory and look for doctors. <laughs> and so I'd been putting it off every day because I hate using those directories. And that, you know, when Judith told me about the 811, I thought, wow, I could have for two months been getting uh help with some of these things particularly the the um, tinges and the hinges um, <laughs> the pools are, are, are closed and you know i was doing water therapy which is really great for a lot of things and uh i was saying you know will they tell us whether it's safe to go in the water or not, or when they will return with the warm water exercises. And parks are sorting this all out because it's a lot of things as people are pivoting from how they were doing services. There are some gyms or there are some pools open at some parks, but you have to make an appointment. And then only so many people can be in the water mm -hmm. at a time. So as Adele was saying, being not just patient with yourself, but we have to be patient with the things that are being adjusted so that mm -hmm. we can still enjoy them at least a little bit, even though, you know, we, we can't just any day get up and say, oh, I want to go to the nine o'clock class and be able to go and get in the pool at nine o'clock. Uh, one of the other things that I said I would share well, is I around. You no, know, I'm on the 811 site. And as soon as you get on the site, there's this little TV screen and it says 24 seven. So they're available oh. all the time. Oh, great. <laughs> that, was, that was the video you watched. So that's good. That's the name of the video. Well, you know, we're always doing these, these weeks have been asking uh, other people to share or give their testimonials. So I thought in connection with pain, I would give you a bit of mine. And I have this is a book I wrote, a, a, I've written two books, but this one from Pillows to Pillars is a journey from tear-soaked pillows to pillars of strength. And when I was first heard, I was working in public health, I was a health promotion consultant to the city, and I'd been at one place doing a workshop for stress for teens, and I was on my way back to the department. Uh, I had a, you, you remember the old fashioned ways you did slide tapes where you actually had this circular round container and your slides were mm -hmm. in there. And so I was thinking if I leave my car parked, they might freeze and crack. So I was going to go home, leave them there. So I was entering the, the, uh, the freeway and there was a car, a Jaguar in the intersection. I slowed for it, but the woman behind me didn't. It turned out she was a nursing student rushing on her way to a class. But that accident knocked me to the side of the freeway. I had a brain hematoma and a spinal bruise. And uh, I made my living by <laughs> reading and writing. Uh, some days for a health department, we get this whole big box of stuff that we had to turn either into health things from the mayor's office, uh, nutrition summaries for different committees, whatever issues people were working on. And the words would run around the page. And 
I didn't realize uh, there, there are two approaches, you know, to, or many approaches to concussion. But initially, I was um, working with a neurology ward, a neurology department of a hospital, and I was going there, and and I would be really tearful, and I hate crying. And so the more I would cry, the angrier I would get. And the person told me, you know, the thing things would seem ridiculous. I'd be sitting in meetings, and people would be talking about, you know. Uh, Bureaus can go on and on, and I would start laughing. And so he said, "It's because your brain is like a bowl of jello, and when it gets hit, it, you see the other side. So mm. you see the other side of where you made yourself be nice while people are talking ridiculousness or whatever." <laughs> and uh, but it said it was a part of the the healing. But the other thing was being giving yourself permission to be angry, because a lot of us are have been up been brought up from childhood that you're supposed to be nice you're supposed to be quiet when you when you're hurt don't cry i was a girl the only one of three girls on the street that had about 30 boys and so my two-year-old my cousin that's two years older than me would be the one responsible for you know taking me off and so we would go to play baseball or basketball he said if the ball hits you don't cry uh <laughs> i mean all these things were boys rules about you know not showing emotion so it was really hard uh, to deal with this emotion of anger. So I started working with a group that were um, doing poetry therapy. And in this book that I showed you, my first sets of poems, I had about 35 poems that were anger, anger over getting hurt, anger over social justice, anger over the cold freezing weather. But uh, the good point in transition because some people within poetry, they will just stay at the ranting point. Rant, 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 and they just are known as an angry poet. But the transitions in working through, uh, I worked through with a group of people that did that, that were in the creative arts, using the creative arts for healing purposes. So the next shift was from, uh, de from despair to rays of hope. And then from the blues over failed relationships, whether it's failed relationships with work or failed relationships with work, working through that to a point of love. And I can tell you a lot of days it's 35 anger to love, <laughs> 25 rage <laughs> to peace. But the book did develop along. So I'm going to share with you a poem from, uh, I think the first poem in the book is uh, around anger. And I also have worked with, since this time of going through the transition myself from being a point where, when I left uh, working with a, a, a doctor in Ontario to working with uh, someone in Los Angeles, there was a transition to giving us a, a, a vision, an image to the pain. My head would feel like there was an elephant's foot on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I worked with someone first in Toronto who used neuro-linguistic programming and giving a sound or a visualization to the pain. And so picturing that elephant's foot on my head as a dancing hat, and when I would go dancing, I would throw the hat out into the crowd. Uh, and then there is something from uh, in cancer research, and you probably are familiar with that as well, Gail, where you picture an area in your body and you send, some people send knights in armor, you send rays or something, but you send something to the area that's under a challenge. Send love to it, send battles. <laughs> I, just... team. I have a little SWAT team. It's called oh, chemotherapy. Yes. <laughs> so that SWAT team had to be retired, and so we got some other stuff happening. 
Mm -hmm. Yes. So that helped a lot. And then I was able to work with other people with those modalities. So at the end of, of each chapter, there are poems for people to write like that. So uh, cast your anger on a poem. Boiling, boiling, boiling mad. We rush down life's highways, banging in the barriers, running into and around them, then sometimes, tragically, over other people. Savor words rolling like oval-shaped ice, cooling the mouth, tongue and throat. Mmm. Even smack some with your lips. With heart-relieving words, throw, dash, gnash, slice, and mangle the worst of situations. Clever words, life-sparing depression blasting, energy building, soul reclaiming words, words etched off soft paper by pen or ink jets. Laser off a few copies, laser away, layers of death. Yeah. And that was just kind of a legitimizing uh, poem because the, the good thing about working with poetry therapy is not telling somebody exactly what to write, but getting the permission that if you're angry, you know, if you're angry and you know it, say I'm mad. <laughs> and sometimes you can write things that are really making you angry. And the point isn't so much to hit email. Don't do it on your computer. And don't hit email. <laughs> it's send at two in the morning. <laughs> you can look at it. You can, some people take that and they tear it up. Some people put it in the water. Some people put it in a bowl, a burning bowl, and they burn it up. But it's just to get it out of you so it isn't one of those festering things that are either festering your emotions or festering in the area that's trying to heal. Um, does what? anyone have an experience with writing, using writing for dealing with their pain or anger? Uh, I found that I looked up synonyms for happiness on Google hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Hmm. So I think that Shakespeare said it really best when he said, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Mm -hmm. And I really come to really feel <laughs> akin. So find joy where you can and really embrace it. Yeah, not so much poetry, but uh, I studied the artist's way uh, with a group of friends. And uh, part of that is writing three pages of stream of consciousness every day. Mm -hmm. And when I first started doing that, I actually shocked myself with the anger that came out on my pages. Anger that I didn't even realize was there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, had a poem that I, I did. And surprisingly, a grandmother invited me to do this poem at the Maximum Security Voice Prison. And I thought, well, they might get mad if I do that for him because it was addressing different things, different things that take your sons, the street life, then people mm -hmm. that are involved in the streets, the police, uh, fathers who are not supportive, and then uh, condemning those things. And the guys really liked it. And I asked them, it was Red Ribbon Week. It was a week where you could go into uh, correctional facilities and you could give people prompts so but the prompts they wanted you to give were prompts around not smoking not drinking uh the fitness campaign so i gave them the prompts there were 30 boys in this workshop 
And maximum security means that you've either done a, a, a violent crime, perhaps murdered someone, or a heinous crime. And 30 guys wrote a poem, and almost all of them wrote a poem to their mother. They wrote mm -hmm. a poem about wishing they had listened to their mother, about being, regretting the mother had to visit them in a place like that, uh, expressing hope for the ways that they would be support, more supportive. None of the things that I wrote as prompts, but just that feeling of freedom to write mm -hmm. and to, to go to the center, you know, was one of the biggest, you know, like manifestations that I saw on the uh, power of poetic healing. Okay, so we are working. Thanks, Charlotte. I always wondered what, what it was that, that helped you uh, deal with uh, your life's um, challenges and hurdles. Yes, it, it started with the poetry because while I was still in the um, neurology unit, literally the per words would run around the page, but I wrote this one little line, and the one little line was, my life must be fun. And then another day, I saw this window, like a um, window of a store, and down at the bottom, it had simply fantastic. Well, in the years past the the uh, concussion accident, I formed a company with three uh, three other women in uh, Ontario. It was called. Uh, well, that one was called the Nutrition Place, but then Simply Fantastic, because when we would give people a pitch for something, they would say Simply Fantastic. So at one point, I uh, incorporated that name, name and did business through it. But it was just that little revelations, because I think as Adele was saying, when you listen to yourself and you give permission to really feel what it is that you should be doing, rather than what everybody else has told you you should do, uh, then things like that come, like that little word, simply fantastic. I've, I've sold shirts, I've done a lot of stuff with those two words that came from uh, the despair of, you know, having my head get hit. <laughs> so we are going to be next week talking about work, seniors and work. Gail, is, Gail and Leslie are team leaders on that discussion. And we are, we, today, an, an unusual number. There are about five people who, within our group that usually call in, they, they have had a surgery, they're having a procedure, a lot of medical stuff happening. So, you know, we expect that they will also be joining us next week. And we encourage you, wherever you are hearing our podcast, tell someone about it. You'll find it all the places the podcasts are posted uh, under Powered by Age. And to the fact that we need a new way of thinking about this city, we have a song. And the song tells you <laughs> not only... <laughs> about an attitude, but also you can picture as we're listening to it, we got to picture things from flicking our fingers to clapping our hands to just moving and to encourage other people to do that as they sit through so many days. All right, take it away, DJ Luke. <laughs> wow, ah. clap along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found... Uh, Using, I don't have a pet of 
what do you call it, pedometer. But there's a foot step counter in this. So yeah. every time I dance to a song, I get 300, about 325 steps, which, you know, I can't get just walking up and down from the kitchen. So Judith, this is my helper for getting rid of the <laughs> sitting pouch I've developed. All right. <laughs> But yes, do play some music because music is uh, one of those things that helps the vibration, lifts your vibration. And the higher your vibration, the higher your resistance and the higher your spirit, the mindset of keeping you in love with yourself, in love with your progress and positive about the outcome. And you have a look that people will come to you and say, what is it that makes you, gives you that joy? Uh, so thank you so much. I'm happy that you were here today and look forward to you being here again next week. Tell somebody we're doing something exciting. We're going to be looking into work. We're looking into people, uh, the notion that people over 65 don't need to work, but what are some of the things there to help people? And we'll be meeting a, an owner, a publisher, hearing politicians. So it's going to be great. So see you next week. Don't be late. Yeah. Thanks, Charlotte. <laughs> Thank you.